you know, if I got a decent lineup and a decent bench, it, even if Tony has a big week and he's available, I'm probably not going to go get him because then I got to throw somebody else back that I still might like on my roster. Like I was a Russell Gage fan early in the season. Not so much now. Um, I He was so good second half of last year. And then they just, I don't know what the problem is. That is my friend, Bob Long from Canton, Ohio. He is also a fellow chief financial officer. And when he's not CFOing, He's what I consider the top fantasy football expert in consistency ratings. He publishes his consistency rating guide annually, and it's available every May, and I highly recommend it. My chat with Bob was supposed to be a quick segment on the show lasting about 8 to 12 minutes, but when we wrapped up our recording, oh my gosh, more than 20 minutes went by. So, G2 and I decided let's just roll with a bonus episode with the full interview with Bob Long. That's coming up next. Welcome to the Vietnam Fantasy Football Talk Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, the two Gs, Mark and Drew. So, our guest that we've been talking about needs no introduction. He is the fantasy football content creator of consistency ratings. Oh, and by the way, he's a great ambassador to the National Football League Hall of Fame inductees in Canton, Ohio. And Bob Long, would it be awesome for you to walk in either to your office or to clients to hear this theme music all the time? (laughs) Don't you love this? I like that. It's very, it's very uh, uh, royal, I guess would be the term. Like, oh. I'm, I should be holding the scepter and taking my throne at this point. Well, it's an honor. and we, Thank you. Drew and I, we loved uh, playing your clip a couple of weeks ago. So before we get into uh, consistency ratings, let's talk just, let's just talk shop for a little bit. How, how many leagues are you in? And, and, are you ha- are you having a good year in your leagues? Uh, how's that part going? So I'm somewhere in the thirty to thirty five range. Holy um, cow! Because I don't say no to anybody, so everybody wants me to be in their league and this charity league and that charity league. And hey, Bob, we're having this expert league and we're doing this one. And hey, you know, I'm in ones in Australia. I'm in ones in Europe. I'm in ones in uh, Brit- uh, England. Um, I mean, yeah, so I'm in three international ones, um, you know, then all of the, obviously, like you said, U.S. And then, of course, I put together the King's Classics and, you know, and then there's this expert league and that expert league. So people are like, oh, you must make a lot of money. I'm like, uh, probably only four of these do I actually play for real money. Well, so. <laughs> can we name drop a little bit? I'm assuming you're in that one league you mentioned. Aren't, aren't there some very... Oh, the King's Classic? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the King's Classic is... Uh, Mike Clay from ESPN, Andy Barron's from Yahoo, Dave Richards from uh, CBS Sports, uh, Michael Faviano from uh, what used to be NFL.com, now Sports Illustrated, uh, Brad Evans, uh, Jeff Ratcliffe, uh, uh, yeah, Marcus Grant from NFL.com. They're they're all. I mean, Bob Harris from Football Diehards, another you know very famous guy on on uh, fantasy radio and and um, the Twitter world. Uh, yeah, they're all in that league with me. We all go head to head and uh, I'm four and four in that one. I'm holding my own, but man, the injuries have been brutal to me. 
Um, that league, I started off drafting David Montgomery, J.K. Dobbins, Ooh. and um, who was the Ouch. other one that went? Ouch. Oh, and Ken, and I had Kenny Galladay, and he hasn't done anything either. Exactly. Um, so I've just been, you know, and a lot of us are in this mode. You know, we all, you know, the guys that drafted Barkley, the guys that drafted McCaffrey, the guys that drafted, you know, um, you know, Dalvin Cook's hurt again. I mean, it's just uh, it's been nuts this year. We're only halfway through the season. That's the sad part. Well, one last question about fantasy football. Do you like uh, do you like dynasty redraft leagues or do you like? I mostly just straight redraft because each year I'm doing my consistency based on the upcoming season. You know, I I'm in a couple dynasties, but I'm not that good at it because I value players so differently. You know, somebody be like, I'll be like, Hey, you know, um, you know, Hey, well, I'll give you a, you know, fifth round draft pick for Keenan Allen. Mm -hmm. No, you know, uh, they're like, well, he's old and he's, you know, he's only gonna last a couple of years on the opposite side or, you know, if you have a, uh, Elijah Mitchell for San Francisco, you can get two first rounders for him in, for next year. It's, it just doesn't make any sense, but I get it. That's how the game is played. You're playing for the now and in the future, but I'm always playing for the now. So it, it kind of, I have a weird uh, 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 scenario with that stuff. Hey, I loved your origin story and just, just give us the quick, uh, the, the short story on why did you get into consistency ratings. And again, I, I know some of us have heard it uh, from a couple of weeks ago, but I just thought this was classic. So I started playing fantasy football in 1985 before the internet. Um, I, was that yeah. was that called rotisserie football back then? It was just called, now they, baseball was always called rotisserie because rotisserie was accumulating stats all year and not playing head to head. Okay. Um, so fantasy football was just, it was a little book that a friend of mine picked up at a, at a bookstore um, it was written by a guy named Chris Charpentier. Uh, he read it. I read it. And I said, yeah, we could do this. Sure. We got 12 friends, you know, or 10 friends. Let's do it. So I was at that time, one of the only people working at a place because I was an accountant. I worked at a place that actually had PCs um, with, you know, Lotus one, two, three. So I did the, you know, 12 printouts every week, put them in 12 envelopes with 12 stamps and mailed them on Wednesday. So everybody had that their, their official so report. analog. Um, and then on Sunday, my answering machine was filled to the brim with rosters uh, for the week. And that's how we did it for until basically, you know, the early 90s when the Internet and stuff came into play. And Yahoo created the first fantasy um, league management. We, we, um, we've got we got kids who are in their mid to late 20s mm-hmm. and they're they're probably looking up right now on Wikipedia what is a fax? What what is Lotus one two three? <laughs> two, three, right? It was Excel before Excel was a, a, a actually created. Um, but uh, so yeah, so you know we played that league and then um, you know played it for years. Actually, we played it and then two thousand two um, was the season. Now because it was touchdown only, running backs got six points for rushing touchdowns and everybody else got three points. So a quarterback got three for the passing touchdown the receiver got the other three. Uh, we thought that was brilliant at the time. It was really dumb, but anyway, uh, so running backs were golden in this league, obviously. So that year I had Sean Alexander as my running back. Right. He was the uh, MVP of 2002, uh, for the NFL rushed for 15 touchdowns, but, um, he only he had five in one game on a Monday night. He had three in another game and two in another game. So two thirds of his touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, came in three games out mm-hmm. of the fourteen. 
during the regular season. Therefore, I went seven and seven, was the second highest scoring team in the league and didn't make the playoffs. And so needless to say, I was not a happy camper. So being an accountant during the day, I started crunching numbers and I started looking at week by week. And I'm like, you know, if you would have scored just one touchdown a week for those 14 right. weeks, instead of, instead of bunching them together, I would have won two more games. I would have made the playoffs and I would have won the championship. That's how it started. From there, I started then, well, if this applies to this small, easy lead to calculate, why can't I do this in, you know, PPR and standard and all the other ones that I was playing in then by that time. And so, yeah, so then I created the idea um, of making it simple for people. And, and consistency has been around for a while. I mean, Tristan Cockroft for ESPN, um, he showed me an article right. he wrote in 1999 about it. Um, you know, so it's not new. It's just the way I was calculating it was I'm trying to make it easier for people to understand. It's one number. It's zero to 100 percent. Obviously, if you're 100 percent consistent, you're, you're, you're a good player. And that's the kind of guys you want. But that doesn't happen very often. So if they're over 65 to 70 percent consistent for the season, then that's that's pretty good. And that's what you're looking for. You want a team built around that. I bet you still don't find that many players like that. Uh, Maybe Todd Gurley from a couple of years ago. Uh, I would say Dalvin Cook even last year was I would say he was around 70 percent. I mean, the idea of the calculation is that at the end of the year, there should be about 12 quarterbacks that are 60 plus 60 percent consistent or higher there should be around 24 running backs that are at that range and then 36 uh wide receivers and 12 tight ends because the idea is that you should have like a typical setup 12 teams one quarterback two running backs three receivers Mm -hmm. and a tight end that should be the and so that the calculation is based on getting in that that realm now sometimes a little higher sometimes a little lower each week there could be there can be 15 quarterbacks that earn a clutch game. The next week, there might be only nine. Um, it just depends on the week. Um, uh, but, you know, they have a certain threshold they have to hit. And it's there's a calculation. It's I wouldn't call it an algorithm. It's more algebra. I but think it's, I think, is a, isn't it the uh, standard deviation divided by the average? Or it's not even close. It's not even that simple. It's not even that complicated, I should say. No, it's basically... Um, I take the average of the top 30 quarterbacks year to day divided by games played. And then um, that gives me a, um, a, a points per game. And that, so like for quarterbacks this year, it's Mm 20.5. So every time, and so it fluctuates a little bit at the beginning of the year. Sometimes it'll be, you know, a little higher, a little lower, but usually by mid season, it's pretty, pretty set. It's not going to change a lot from week to week, but in average, over the years that I've been doing, it's about 20, 21 points for a quarterback, and that's with four points per touchdown. Uh, 11 points for running backs in a PPR, 11 points for receivers in a PPR, and about eight points for a tight end to earn a clutch game on a weekly basis. And every time you're in a clutch game, the more consistent you are. So that's the percentage. So if they're 70% consistent, that means 70% of the games they had over that threshold of points. So again, it's supposed to be, it basically is trying to get the top 12, but I didn't want to do exactly the top 12 every week because there are weeks where you can have a quarterback who scores, you know, 23 points, but might be 15th because it was mm-hmm. just a big week. So I didn't want it to, I didn't want it to be restrictive to only the top 12, top 24, top 36, top 12. I wanted it to be um, 
based on the scoring. Because again, it fluctuates from year to year. I've seen it as low as low as 19 one year for quarterbacks. I've seen it as high as 22. Um, but like you said, it always somewhere in that 20 to 21 range. I bet a name that comes up a lot, and this dates back to last year, Tyler Lockett, uh, G2, my <laughs> partner, uh, he had him on his team, traded him, I think, during the offseason. But Tyler, in fact, he just had, I think, was it last week or two weeks ago, he had a, another monster game. He had two monster mm-hmm. games at the beginning, and now he's back yep. in the Valley. And he's one player that he is not consistent. I know there are others, but that name is <laughs> yeah. just top of mind. Yeah, he's the poster boy right now for it. Uh, a number about five years ago was Mike Evans. Man, when he first came in, he was like that. But no, now you're right. It's Tyler Lockett. I mean, Tyler Lockett last year was eighth in total points and only fifty percent consistent. This year, Tyler Lockett is. I was just. Oh yeah, he's only thirty eight percent, but he's twenty first in total points. So he's only three of eight. So yeah, he. You're that's exactly what he is, and you know, and yet. Again, people will draft him pretty high because, hey, they saw that he was eighth in total points, so he must be good. Yeah, he is good, but he's also very inconsistent doing it. And it's partly the Seattle's offense, partly the fact that there's DK Metcalf on the other side. Um, You know, they like to run the ball. So, you know, if they need to throw the ball, they can. And they've got two very good receivers, but they seem to focus. You know, Russell always seems to focus more towards Metcalf because he's a bigger player. Uh, Lockett's more the deep threat. So, you know, if he gets a bomb, yeah, it's perfect. But if he doesn't, then he gets three catches for 35 yards. Um, that doesn't work. I know we're going to so, get... So, yeah, so there's always that. Your book comes out, We I learned in the green room discussion, comes out in May. So that means you start working on this thing right after the holidays mm-hmm. once the new year flips over. and And so it takes you... I mean, you got a job, you got a family. <laughs> this is not an easy thing you just throw together. You don't just whip it up and, okay, I'm done. We're talking probably weeks to compile, right? Yeah, it, it takes some time. But, you know, uh, I'm empty nested now. So, you know, the wife has her things that she likes to do. I mean, she has her hobby. She likes to do gardening. She likes to sew. She like you know, she does some nonprofit work. So, you know, we each have our own hobbies. My hobby just happens to be fantasy football. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing my hobby. You know, to me, it's no different than a guy that's very good at woodworking and he makes, you know, uh, picnic tables and sells them. It's just that mine's just a little bit different. Um, you know, it's a passion. Um, you know, I make a little money off of it on the side, you know, as a business. Um, but, you know, I did it for years and didn't make a dime. I, until I wrote the book, I really didn't make anything in fantasy football. This is the uh, Matthew. The this is the Matthew Berry story. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he got a little bit higher than I have, but uh, but I get it. You know, I mean, uh, that's what this is all about. I mean, if you get into the fantasy football world to write content and and create your own stuff, um, please don't do it. If you think you're doing it for the money, you're sadly mistaken. Um, unless you, unless you go out and win a bunch of money, like playing DFS and that has happened, but you know, um, but yeah, it's, you do it for the passion, just like you would do any other hobby. A couple of, uh, personal selfish questions, uh, in my lineup, I'm really excited about having him. I have a, I have a young guy named Kadarius Tony and mm-hmm. he, he started out hot. Uh, he's very, in my opinion, just watching him, he's very 
dependent on his athleticism. So he's been banged up the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. What I, I'm sure you get this question a lot. What is your advice to people who pick up youngsters, rookies early on? There, there is no history. You don't, I mean, your advice is not to just, well, don't have them. What do you do? I mean, what do you do when you don't have any data, any trends? Do you still take a chance on some people in your in your uh, rosters? I mean, it's. I would say it's pretty rare um, that I go and jump on, especially if it's the fab where you're you're bidding Good on point. players. True, understood. Um, you know, there are certainly times where you're a little more desperate. You know, if I got a decent lineup and a decent bench, it, even if Tony has a big week and he's available, I'm probably not going to go get him because, because he doesn't. Then have the- I got to throw somebody else back that I still might like on my roster. Like I was a Russell Gage fan early in the season, not so much now, oh, but you know, you know, um, I he was so good second half of last year, and then they just I don't know what the problem is there. And with, he's got all the opportunity now in the world, yeah, <laughs> right? And he got he got zero points last week. Well, he got zero. Well, not only that, Bob, <laughs> he, got, he got zero targets. Targets, right. Zero targets. So Tajay Sharp all of a sudden is a better player than him. I, you know, I don't know. So like I said, sometimes this stuff, you know, uh, people think, oh, you're an expert. You know everything. No, you can't. And and you definitely don't know. I, I sometimes question how these people make decisions of uh, these coaches and GMs and uh, various players. but. Um, you know, when it comes to youngsters or just any, I call them one week wonders, uh, be cautious of what you're doing and why you're picking them up. Now, if you're picking them up because you have no running backs for this coming week because mm-hmm. you have your two guys on a bye, all right, it, now the desperation makes some sense. You got to get through this week. Uh, but, you know, if you're just picking them up because you think you're stopping somebody else from taking them, let them take them. Because I guarantee you, and I did this a few years ago, I tracked what I called the one week wonders of after a guy was picked up after having a week where it put them in the top, you know, top 24 or whatever it was. And, and so they were a hot waiver wire pickup. I tracked to see if their consistency exceeded 60% for the rest of the year. And I think about 90% of them weren't even close. Like there was maybe one out of 10 guys that were picked up that actually worked out. You know, and I mean, this year, this year is no different. I mean, maybe Cordell Patterson. That would be the only one I can say that, you know, OK, you picked him up and you know, he's been very effective since he took over the role. But, you know, um, there isn't you know, there isn't a lot out there. And, and so that's what I tell people. It's like save that fab money until you need it, because there's a point where you might need it. Like you're one game from getting into the playoffs and. You know, your star running back goes down and you need his backup. If you got to spend all your money, at least you know you've got it and you can get him and get through the week and hopefully make the playoffs. You know, if you only have three dollars left because you wasted it on marginal players that didn't really help your team down the road, and you dropped them anyway. Then, you know, that's where you've got to do a better job of team management. Uh, last question as we wrap up here. I, boy, we taking up a lot of your time, Bob. Oh, you're fine. Um just run through, we'll skip quarterback who, who have been a couple of just incredible running backs consistency wise in this short season so far, I guess we're about 
we're at the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, some teams have gone through their bye. Uh, who would you say have been some of your favorites uh, consistency-wise? Well, I don't know about favorites unless they, they're always my favorite if they're on my team. Well, so, true. you know, um, so Zeke and uh, Austin Eckler and <laughs> oh my God. Um, I, believe it or not, I didn't have any Derrick Henry's and I, I, I was sad I didn't. Now, you know, it's obviously changed. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, all these guys, 75 percent plus. But it's the guys that always surprise me, like the Cordell Patterson's, mm-hmm. the Daryl Henderson's, the uh, Josh Jacobs, the Zach Mosses. Uh, Kareem Hunt's even in there until he got hurt. Until Leonard he got hurt. Fournette, uh, Damian Harris, those kind of guys. Uh, though, you know, those are the guys you want to find. Like I had Fournette in a lot of leagues because I felt like he was the better running back. So I drafted him as my like RB three or four. And so, you know, he's been paying off in some leagues. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you know, um, but for every one of those, you've also got guys like, you know, Antonio Gibson and Delvin Cook who are 60% or less. And, you know, um, of course, then all the guys that are hurt, Barkley, Clyde Hilaire, you know, McCaffrey, you know, those are the ones, those are the ones that, you know, I, I, if you underperform, that's fine. But man, when you get hurt, it's, <laughs> it's tough. just, it's just painful. It's uh, just painful. Wide receivers, wide receivers. I mean, obviously, Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase are the two big two. I mean, Cooper Cup is at a, at a level that, you know, I haven't seen since McCaffrey a couple years ago with running backs or Travis Kelsey at tight ends. Like, he's so far ahead of everybody else right now um, in points and consistency. It's just amazing. And then Jamar Chase, again, I, as I said before, I, I you know, I usually don't draft rookies. Um, I don't have any Jamar Chase, uh, you know, but, you know, Obviously, he's proven the system wrong. I bet you will but, next you know, year. <laughs> well, but th- that's the thing is, you know, usually a guy that is very consistent, especially wide receivers, they keep that consistency. That's the one thing that the that the, not, um, the research that I've done on rookies is that the running backs will have, they certainly have had their share of, of uh, consistent players in the first season. But they don't always maintain that. But wide receivers, if they can be consistent in their first year, usually maintain that. Guys like Metcalf, guys like Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, uh, Calvin Ridley, you know, um, they all had 60% or higher in their first years and have maintained that throughout. And that's so that's one thing, you know, again, a guy like Chase is proving he's can be the man uh, and probably will continue that as long as he's got Joe Burrow throwing the ball. Uh, but, you know, there's some surprises again, Debo Samuel, Robert Woods, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people expect them to be at 88 and 86% consistent. I did, but because <laughs> I love Robert Woods, I always have. And I knew Debo Samuel was going to be good because John Lynch told me at Hall of Fame. Is that right? Incredible. Yes. Because I, I asked him, I said, who, if I, I said something about, you know, which receiver do you like best? you know, for fantasy purposes for me. And he said, well, he said, uh, you know, of course he, he kind of played it of a, uh, you know, trying to be non-biased. He's like, well, you know, I think we both, you know, our team really enjoys having both those wide receivers, you know, Samuel and Ayuk. He said, but I'm not going to lie. He said, Ayuk is just not, not uh, performing well in camp right now, but Debo Debo's the man. And I said, okay, that's all I needed to know. So <laughs> I, I told that on one of my podcasts and 
and posted it all over Twitter. And I just said through inside sources and everybody has thanked me who drafted Debo Samuels and everybody who didn't draft Ayuk. So speaking of the hall of fame and I'm, I'm sneaking one more question in. So That's fine. You can go fast. Tell me about your volunteer work with the, with the national football league hall of fame. So, yeah. So the pro football hall of fame is about three miles from my house. Um, and so I've lived here all my life. And uh, about 31 years ago, uh, a friend of mine who got on was on the committee the year before uh, got on what's called the Transportation Committee for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So every year during Hall of Fame weekend, I was uh, volunteering to be basically a chauffeur driver. Now, when you start out, you're you're driving a 15 passenger van and you're just kind of a people mover. But obviously, after you pay your dues for 20 plus years. Uh, then you get to get a specific enshrinee. And so I've had that for about 10 years now, um, you know, driving everybody from Kurt Warner to John Lynch this year, Champ Bailey. Um, I, you know, I've also driven like Al Davis and John Madden and, you know, those kind of people too, because I'm kind of a back, back backyard Raiders fan, even though I live in Cleveland. I still love my Browns, but uh, always been a Raiders fan since the 70s. And, so, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's an amazing time. Uh, the stuff you hear, this, the, you know, the inside stuff you listen to and them telling stories about the past. And, I mean, it is truly uh, a fantasy for football, that's for sure. Tell us last time about your book. What's the title? Uh, because I want everyone in our league to buy a copy. We're going to give away a few copies uh, this week, even next week. But I just want to hear more about your your book. I want to hear about your podcast. Tell us everything, Bob. So the book is called The Fantasy Football Consistency uh, Guide. And it comes out usually around early May. So it's out there now. Now it's it's more for draft planning. But you can use it during the season because it does give you how consistent they are playing at home, playing against a good defense, a bad defense. So it, it is useful during the season as well. Um, right now I am writing for a site called drrodo.com. Good friend of mine, um, uh, his nickname is Dr. Roto. Uh, he's him and I've been friends, uh, for a long, long time. And he started kind of a, a super site. I'll call it like some of these other guys have. So it's a lot of big names like me and him and, and others than baseball, f- basketball, football, all that kind of stuff. So big on DFS, big on sports betting. Uh, and then all of my consistency information is there, the consistency report, that you could put in your own scoring method and see how consistent the players are in your league. Uh, that's very helpful during the year. So you can subscribe to that site. Uh, and so that's there as well. And then I'm all over Twitter at Bob underscore along. Incredible, Bob, this has been fantastic. And again, I just cannot tell you how much I appreciate the time. Oh, thanks. Thanks and, for having me. And I still hope we can do going into the next year, a CFO league I'm talking. Yeah. I'm talking intense league of CFOs <laughs> around the United States. That would be cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, you have the connections to all the CFOs. I'll let you put it together, and I'll run it. <laughs> well, you have a good evening, and thank you again, Thanks. Bob. Bob Long, thank you very much. You are awesome. Again, head over to Amazon.com to check out Bob's annual guide. I'd still check out the 2021 Fantasy Football Consistency Guide to understand his process. 
And the 2022 version, of course, will be coming out this May. And on Twitter, you can follow Bob at Bob underscore Lung. We will call this a wrap for G2. I'm G1. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Vietnam Fantasy Football Talk with the two G's, Mark and Drew.